show sports at 590 fan Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. You're fired up today, apparently. Yeah, I think Six so. Six o'clock, you're fired up. You said you like you you just set the I stage did. of uh of the next three hours by saying that you're fired up. I I guess it, I guess it was a rare and people will say it was. Ugh, I don't like what a high energy day is like. I feel like yesterday was a touch of a low energy day for me. Oh really? So yeah, I feel I'm feeling just more of my I, normal <laughs> buoyed self. Again, I'm learning a lot about you. Like I I I I, I know you, I knew you personally before we mm-hmm. started doing a show together, didn't really know you that well professionally. I that is shocking to me that you felt that yesterday was a low energy day. It just seems like especially for six o'clock in the morning, always high energy Brent days. Yeah, but I I equate it to um I think my energy level is like a Zach Hyman effort level mm, on a shift. Oh, so I with see. him, oh, it's boy. almost like the Jack Campbell, like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I was the first guy in, but yeah. only by three feet on the four check. I'm so sorry. So I think that's a bit of it is that I hold wow. myself to such a high energetic standard that I don't I don't think I lived up to it yesterday. Okay. Sorry or you're welcome. Yeah. Somebody bo- I guarantee you both people are out there. You know what? I'm g- I'm going to compare uh my experience at the conclusion of yesterday's d- uh show to the conclusion of today's show and I'll, I'll let you know okay, thank you. how how the energy level impacted the program. Uh <laughs> we got a fine program for you today. Leafs back in action on on Frozen Frenzy Day. Yep. Boy, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> yep. I don't know. That totally snuck up on me. Yep. It snuck off on me that that's the reason why the Leafs are playing at 6 o'clock tonight against the Washington Capitals. Not that they're on ESPN, Can but I that ask? they're on ESPN as one of 16 games, all 32 teams in action. May I ask a follow-up question? Okay. Do any of the other 31 teams in the NHL play at, I don't know, 7 or 7.30? Uh, I'm well. I'm. I think every possible start time okay, is taken so, because. The- so what I'm understanding <laughs> is that the Leafs could have just played a regular time hockey game. They could have done that. Yeah, but isn't there something to to leading off the day? So here, if, <laughs> if it's treated as such, yes. Well, I think it is. Like that's know. a glamour matchup. Leafs Capitals Ovechkin against uh, Austin Matthews. Ovechkin trying to. Scores first goal mm-hmm. of the season, trying to avoid going five games into the season without a goal for the first time in his entire career. Six o'clock, six thirty, six forty-five, seven o'clock, seven fifteen, seven thirty, seven forty-five, eight o'clock, eight fifteen, eight thirty, eight forty-five, nine o'clock, nine fifteen, nine forty-five, nine, uh, ten thirty, eleven o'clock. There's a hockey game that starts at eleven o'clock tonight. That is awesome, honestly, because I'm sure it's <laughs> West Coast teams. It's what yeah, it's eight o'clock Knights. for them. Who cares? Yeah, Golden but Knights Flyers. Why? Why? Do the Montreal Canadiens get a prime slot of seven fifteen? Mm. It's the like okay. I, all the other teams <laughs> in that in that window. And uh-huh. look, you you took me here. I'm gonna complain about what I want to complain about. Hurricanes, Lightning, seven. Love it. Completely understand it. Sabers, Senators. It's six forty five, which is even better than six o'clock. Wait, okay, kind understand that. Devils, Canadians. What is Montreal doing there? Stars, Penguins. Got it. Good. Understand. For some reason, the Sharks are playing in a seven o'clock window. You did not have to put the Leafs in this weird start time. Oh. Treat the Leafs like they matter. They fund the whole league. They keep the whole thing afloat. But no, Montreal gets to play at seven fifteen. I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it. And one more thing about this. I told you I'd be more energetic today. I didn't yeah. even plan on getting That's this worked angry up. as opposed to energetic. Okay. But well. Okay. The, the two are very intertwined okay. for, right, for sure. me. The other the other thing uh, about this as well is that if you're going to 
have this standalone day for America to give them their hockey surfing. Can we just start the season a week earlier so I can have my vision of my quadruple header on Canadian Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which we no longer can get because I was listening to 32 Thoughts and basically because ESPN has baseball, we're not getting hockey any earlier in the year than we're yeah. getting it right now. So that ain't happening. So, look, I understand market forces. I understand how all this works. But I also understand where the sport matters most and where people care the most. And guess what? It ain't in Secaucus, New Jersey. It's in Toronto. It's I also, in Montreal. I also understand why, despite the fact that you have to wake up super early, you don't want hockey to be played at 6 o'clock because it doesn't fit into your little schedule where you got to, you know, take care of your child. Yeah, but I'm also, but I'm not asking. Because if you had, if you asked me what fits perfectly into my schedule, yeah. give me 9 o'clock Leafs. That is perfect for my schedule. Really? Yes. I you know, not to brag, I'm a, I'm a super involved dad. I'm yeah, up there yeah, during yeah. bedtime every yeah. night. So no, it's kind of tough it. when it's it. in the 7, yeah, 7, 38, whatever. No, your kid's spoiled. I get yeah, it. yeah, okay. No, I, I get it. He's okay. got dependency issues. So, no, but I I'm it. not I even it. Make, I got it. Yeah, okay. Terrible parent. I got it. All I'm saying is if I, I'm not doing this selfishly just mm. for me, because I think it should be a what time works best for me. I am doing it at the Glamour franchise should get to play in a primetime spot. Are they putting the Nick, the Knicks on? Are they going to be on at four o'clock in the afternoon? No, you're going to put them on at a primetime spot because they should be treated as such. Brent, how about this? ESPN is trying to showcase the game of hockey uh, of which it has the rights to yes. all these games. And they're going to do an ice surfing dealio with John Buchegross. They want to have the Leafs and Alex Ovechkin in a time slot that allows for them to generate the most eyeballs. Because it is NBA opening day, as we well know. That that at 7.30, perhaps a bunch of eyeballs will be shifted to Turner, where the Nuggets Mm. and Lakers are going to open up the season. So... I mean, maybe you flip off the Leaf game, especially if it's out of hand uh, after, you know, an hour and a half and, you know, we're headed towards the third period. Or maybe this game is so engrossing that you miss the start of of the NBA season because you're locked into Austin Matthews v. Alex Ovechkin. Maybe, maybe there's an argument there, Brent. Maybe there's logic to the, again, greatest uh, American mm-hmm. ho- born hockey player that has ever lived. Eventually, we're yeah, obviously yeah. going to be saying that about Austin Matthews if we're not already there. Yeah, against the greatest goal scorer of his generation and maybe the greatest goal scorer of, of all time, getting you sucked into the day of hockey right off the hop. Just because it's not seven o'clock doesn't mean six o'clock isn't a glamour position. But they're making it a glamour position. Because of America. They are saying, hey, Leaf fans, do not care about you. We care about Austin Matthews and what he can do to, again, help keep the league afloat because the Leafs pay all the league's bills. We can move on. I don't know how much people care about this, but you asked me my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to no, you. No, it's my mistake. You, it really was. I've been complaining about this around the office to anyone who will care. I have no time for talking about any other schedule in sports, but if you talk to me about the Leafs schedule and they're not playing at 7 o'clock and they're not playing on a Saturday, yeah. pitchforks out no, for me. A Saturday, I got you. Like those, yeah, those guess what? Guess what? When the league yeah. sends them to Sweden and I got an 8 a.m. Sunday game because yeah. they ain't playing on Sunday night like or Saturday night, guess what? I'm be complaining then too. All right, well... We'll hold that in advance. Uh, we'll get back to the Leafs in just a second. But we got- uh, Azo, you can pencil that in for a 640 <laughs> right. block, okay? Yeah. yeah, we got it. We'll put it into the calendar. <sighs> uh, there's at maximum eight baseball games left in the postseason. Promise. Is- no, I'm kidding. No. 
That's rude. Uh, the Rangers become the, the first team through to the World Series. They've never won a World Series. Rangers, like, sneaky, one of the most tortured fan bases Big in time. all of pro sports. That franchise, I mean, it was the Washington Senators before it was the the Texas Rangers. Great handle. Uh, never won a World Series. Of course, they were a strike away from winning it in 2011 twice. And a, a Nelson Cruz catch in right field off the bat of, of David Fries from mm-hmm. <laughs> winning in game six against the St. Louis Cardinals, and they didn't do it. But uh, they got another shot as they are through to the World Series. It was never close. And, boy, the Astros are so determined, Brent, to prove to you that they're not cheaters mm-hmm. that they decided to lose every single game at, at home during <laughs> this series. They're like, look at us. I don't know you can't that possibly hmm, accuse no. us of the trash can thing. <laughs> This is, if there was, okay, so we did it last year. We won without uh, cheating, uh, and that was our our, our untainted World Series. And now we're going to continue to further our case with <laughs> losing every single home game during the American League Championship Series to the Rangers. Well it's, done. It is remarkable the way that that series played out. You and I were both on the other side of it. We expected that, I mean, especially with Scherzer and everything there, we, we expected uh, it to go the other way. And, yeah, it is funny the, the way it plays out there. The Rangers, you know, obviously this is a team that it, it's, I, I don't know how Jays fans can look at it and not be, be frustrated, right? Because, I mean, you had the chance to snuff them out back in that September series. And we've done this thing a million times in a million sports. How many times we referenced that Chicago Pittsburgh game at the, at the very, very end of the regular season last year, these things matter. And it is oh, funny yeah. how these things happen. And that's the thing I keep coming back to is that if you're a Jays fan watching this, I mean, obviously Moreno is so front and center with playoff thoughts, but the second thought has to be, you had your chance to snuff these guys and then you just didn't take advantage at all. Yeah. The Rangers though, did look like a team that could win a world series during those four games oh, yeah. in September. And oh yeah. yeah. So it, did the Orioles in the four games yeah. in August. Yeah. That Rangers team didn't even have Adolis Garcia during those four games That's against right. the blue Jays who set the record for most RBIs in a postseason series with 15 hit five freaking home runs <laughs> in the seven games against the Astros got, pe- got pegged. Yeah, got pegged, hit a couple of home runs yesterday. Also hit a, what was a single yesterday <laughs> that, I mean, he's lucky he made it to first base. It went off the wall in, the, in left field off the Crawford boxes, which is super short. So I'm not sure how you could, I mean, I guess because it's so short, yeah, you can assume why. that everything's a home run. But like, that's a pop-up that guys are camped under for, for 15 seconds. Any other ballpark in Major League Baseball, anyways, makes it first base. Um, there's... No doubt in my mind that the first time these two teams meet next regular season, that guy's wearing it in the back. And a lot oh, of, you think? Yeah, a lot of people are making fun of the Cardinals because they they they, they traded him to the Rangers for cash considerations. Mm-hmm. I just gave up. Yeah. The Rangers after that also designated him for right. assignment. Like, baseball is insane like this, right? Steve Pierce, World Series MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Merrill Kelly, who we'll get to in a second, who was pitching for the Arizona Diamondbacks, was spent four years in the Korean Baseball League. Like, he's 35 years old, and all of a sudden he's – the greatest pitcher that ever lived and, and should have stayed into a game and 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 is lifting an 84-win Diamondbacks team to a game seven against a team with like $100 million more payroll than, than the Diamondbacks. Baseball is crazy like that, but Garcia has now cemented this postseason as, as one of his, I mean, not just his defining moment, yeah. like he will be remembered forever for this postseason. I mean, I guess the Rangers have to win the World Series, but no. what he has done 
leading his team to this World Series as the underdogs against the defending World Series champs is like stuff a legend. I know I don't want to equate the the two players' performances. One's a pitcher, you know, very different. This team's got to the World Series. Obviously, the Jays never did. Think about the way Marco Estrada is talked about in this town still. No, it's true. Right? And again, I don't want to to understate what Estrada did, but it wasn't that. It wasn't the equivalent of five homers in a CS, okay? And he is still... So revered. I mean, Bunk had him on during the playoff run or in the lead up to playoffs. I can't tell you how many friends of mine reached out just to be like, oh my God, I loved hearing Estrada. Like he is still so revered in this market. And that's a pitcher. That's a guy who goes every couple of days. It's not a hitter who's in your lineup. So, I mean, hey, it's possible he goes over in the World Series and yeah, that'll color things a slightly different way. But outside of that, a just massive flame out. This is forever remembered as one of the great runs, especially in Texas. Yeah, and especially considering what it came after on Friday, getting plunked in yeah. the back by Brian Abreu, who, who, like, it's amazing how quickly that turned into a non-story, the suspension that he had his <laughs> Not hearing. Not to me. Uh, yeah, well, I, it was just confusing the way it was relayed to us. We'll talk to John Morosi during the 7 o'clock hour today, but it's like, oh, Brian Arreo might miss Game 7, and if not Game 7, he might miss some World Series. No, like, no, no, they can just defer the suspension to the regular season. I didn't realize that was an option, but they apparently should, it was. So it's like Bobby Bonilla money. It's like, I'll take 10 regular season <laughs> games instead of this one playoff game. Yeah. yeah a lot of guys would like that deal. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> Obviously a different deal. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see him against Adolis Garcia <laughs> at the beginning of next season between these two teams. Is that's yeah, I think going into next season, if we're talking, I mean, recency bias here, obviously, but the, yeah, the, one of the more exciting rivalries in the sport is going to be Rangers-Astros. If, if I have a, a takeaway also about this Rangers team as far as what you need to have postseason success, and this can be a fool's errand because, yeah, it's a, there's some randomness. Here. Oh, I have a thing as well, but I want you to say okay. yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, we're, we're talking about a potentially 84-win Diamondbacks team being yep. in the World Series, and hey, once they're there, sure, they could win it. But what was this Rangers flaw during the course of the regular season? It was, it was starting pitching, right? Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have enough starting pitching. Part of that is they lost Jacob deGrom for the whole season, right? Like, that's pretty crazy that they overcame their ace going down for the whole year and yep. acquired Max Scherzer. And it's not like Max Scherzer did an ace imitation. He was okay at times. And certainly in postseason didn't look like Max Scherzer at his best. And the other part of the equation that you pointed to as far as the Rangers being flawed was the bullpen, especially the back half of it. Yeah. In the postseason, you can, you can patch it together. You just need like a couple of elite arms. And Jose Leclerc like has yep. had his moments and, Boy, they've they've gotten by with Araldis Chapman, who oh my God, hit Chaz McCormick with 104 <laughs> miles an hour after you were watching. Like I wasn't watching at that point because the game was out of hand. I don't think anyone was watching, but I saw the GIF. It's like one the top five uh, hardest pitches anyone's ever been hit by. 104 by Araldis Chapman. But what's the most important thing? Like if you're putting yep. all the ingredients yep. in a stew to win a World Series, the most important thing is scoring runs mm. and hitting home runs. There you go. I, you can't do it without it. Like, unless you have, boy, the 2005 White Sox rotation where you got, like, four guys having complete games it, or or one of the elite bullpens of all time, like the Kansas City Royals in, in 2015 mm-hmm. – you gotta hit home runs. It's it's the number one thing you gotta you you gotta try and accumulate. And and the Rangers had it. Obviously, the Astros have it. The Phillies have it. Uh huh. The Diamondbacks have had it. it you, you gotta hit home runs. Like that's that's pretty clear. I was gonna say my thing. It was just one word, and it was hitting. 
no G apostrophe after the end. Yeah. That is what you need. Look, you can, again, you need all, there is no baseball team that has a, and I don't mean a critical flaw in the sense of you wish that team was better. I mean, they absolutely cannot get by in that part of the game, whether they're booting the ball all over the place, mm-hmm. or they have no starting pitching or they have no pen to speak of. But if you have a little bit of one of those things, you can paper over the flaws. And the easiest way to do it, the easiest way is with an offense that just rakes. And that is not one through four or one through five. Think of every dangerous team. And it's not just the Jays teams you go back to with 15-16. Look at this Rangers team. Look at the Astros. Look how we feel about the Phillies with Castiano hitting seven, eight at times this postseason. It is power up and down the lineup and guys who can hurt you at every single spot. And that doesn't mean that you don't need any pitching. To your point, you still need enough guys in that regard to get it done. But... Guess what? It is a lot easier to paper over a game with hitting than it is with pitching. Because, again, much like we talked about with the Blue Jays, correct me if I'm wrong, no team has ever won a game in in any form of baseball, let alone the postseason, zero to negative one. Does not work that way. No, no. And the Rangers have Nate Evaldi. And they got Jordan Montgomery. Those are the only by two the, guys by that the way, you're, you're comfortable starting baseball games. That's it. They got like one and a half starters, two starters. Montgomery's been good, but that was a guy they acquired at the deadline. They basically have one starter. <laughs> and Evaldi's been hurt most of the year. Well, what I was going to say about Evaldi is that, you know, he's not, he's far from a Cooperstown guy or anything like that, but he is going to be one of those guys who, when he hangs it up, oh, his yeah. playoff resume, and maybe then, you know, numbers are weird in baseball in terms oh. of ERA and stuff, but the game six he had uh, for the for the Red Sox against the Dodgers, that performance he had a couple of games ago for the Rangers already, it's the playoff moments that that guy has been in, he is going to go down as one of this era's kind of underthought of, I think, big game pitcher. Yeah, he gets to go two places and get free drinks for the rest of his life. Forever. He gets to go to Boston. Pretty good one. And and Arlington, I guess. Like, assuming the, yeah, yeah, they the, gotta, the Rangers they gotta win, win for him to get the free drinks in Arlington. Yeah. But no, he... Otherwise, he, they're like, hey, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. This is private property. Yeah. And then you know what happens in <laughs> yeah, Texas. Probably not. But yeah, the Rangers had no starting pitching. Blue Jays had all the starting pitching. One team... Only scored one run in the postseason. The other team is headed to the World Series. The other thing you need to do is uh, spend a bunch of money. Rangers payroll over the last three years. Rangers payroll over the last three years. They were 20th in Major League Baseball. Then they were 15th. And this season they were fourth in in Major League Baseball in in payroll. So like the Phillies, they've they've paid for a lot of the superstars throughout their lineup. And and Corey Seager hit the Mm -hmm. the home run to open the scoring yesterday, which must have, I mean. God, how good did that feel? Yeah, that must have felt good. But also it it must have been such a relief for for a Rangers team that was looking to knock off a team that has been there, that has the postseason reps. Yeah, he's been worth the money. When he's been healthy, he's won. He's he's, underratedly maybe the best player in Major League Baseball. The problem with him has been health. But yeah, you spend money. Totally. I, I, I like I know this is counterintuitive a little Whoa, bit. What, what because, are you going to say? Because nobody likes it when the Yankees pay for championships, but I do like when when teams go out and and satiate the fan base by splashing money around in free agency, and totally. they are rewarded with exciting, good baseball teams like they have now in Arlington and Philadelphia. Yeah, and I think the other part of it as well is that 
it's not the, it felt like for so long, the Yankees would go out and they'd spend their money and it was their guarantee for a championship or a world. It's just not the way it works anymore. I mean, look at the Mets and Hey, who's to say they're not going to go splash a bunch more and potentially figure it out. I'm not ruling out that possibility, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. I think that's when people have the biggest problem with money being spent or well, not money being spent, but the idea of financial might and deciding success when it is seen as that is the only route to it. I think that's when people get upset, but you have to have homegrown players. Then you, then you supplement them with the, with the money. And the other thing I think is really important to hammer home with this is that even teams like the Rangers who it works out perfectly for, and the blue Jays have had obviously didn't work out perfectly for them, but they've had their own versions of this is just because you spend money, there's going to be one or two things that blow up in your... It doesn't mean it's all going to go yeah. perfectly. There's going to be the one or two things yeah, that like blow up in Jacob your face. DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom, who got hurt? Who could have predicted who? Jacob DeGrom? Get hurt? Well, much like whom could have predicted Hanjim Ryu at the back end of that deal would not be performing, and it's yeah. like, well, he actually came back and performed half-decently, whatever. That That is the other thing you need to mm-hmm. get used to. If it is a fan base or a team that is spending money, there's going to be a couple tomato cans in there that you do end up spending money on. Uh, so they await the winner, the Rangers do, of tonight's NLCS Game 7 because the Diamondbacks have forced a Game 7. They won 84 games. They lost the four, last four games of the regular season. Um, and here they are with a a, a, a chance to, to make the World Series. It's It must be – like, it's not easy. I get it. But, like, from a pressure standpoint, it must be the easiest thing in the world for the Diamondbacks to play baseball. They're like, again, we're not even the supposed to be here house today. The money team, yeah. <laughs> That's why it's doubly infuriating when you see a Tory Lovello pull Merrill Kelly after mm-hmm. five innings because I get it. Like, it's not, it's not again, the fourth inning, right? Or the third inning. 42 pitches. Yeah, it's, no, it's different than that. It's 70-some-odd pitches, and it's against a formidable uh, Phillies lineup. I get it. But, again, we're playing with house money here. Like, I, Let the guy go. I, 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 use your eyeballs. <laughs> and, and Merrill <laughs> Kelly is having – the game of his absolute freaking life. This guy's dedicated his life to the sport of baseball, not knowing exactly what the return would uh-huh. be. Again, spent four years in Korea. This is this is not a guy that anything has been handed to. He's in his mid-30s now. He he played at the World Baseball Classic, like could have easily believed that that was going to be the highlight of his baseball career before the season even he started. said as much heading into the playoffs, You're didn't right, he? yeah. And, and he's, he's shutting down one of the most exciting lineups in all of baseball. <laughs> I, I, I do, like, as much as it's probably better for the overall team morale to do the Jose Barrios thing and be the good soldier mm-hmm. and, and root on your teammates and, and you know, just shake hands with the manager and, and not show him up in the dugout, I got to say I love the Merrill Kelly reaction way more. I don't think it is better. For team morale. I don't think the Blue Jays would have been better served if Barrios went full nut job and was throwing stuff all over and smashing coolers. Mm-hmm. But if he if he walked right past Schneider and refused to shake hands and then went and stewed at the end of the dugout or something like that. Kelly is it, did get his hand shook, yeah, shaken, yeah, didn't it? That's exactly like it. That. He <laughs> had his hand shaken. <laughs> yeah. Someone took it and said, here. It's Honestly, it looked like I'm trying to teach my kid to shake hands right now. And it was like, this is how you do it. And he's like, I don't want any part of this. That's, yeah. what, that's exactly what it looked like. I do think there is something to that. The idea of, no, I'm a competitor. We're all competing out here. Hey, you, three hitter. Mm-hmm. You want to come out? You have two bad ABs. You want to come out? No, you want to finish the job. You want to finish the game. Like, I actually think there is something to that of not being the good soldier because I think your teammates want to see that you're in the fight. You're not just a, you know, robotic computer as much as fans want it. I think your teammates want it the exact same way. I would love to see. 
Just a total revolt in the dugout where all the players come together no. in, the, in the middle of an inning and, and you know... Everybody has a huddle, a huddle up, and we've. Hey, we've, they gotta, they gotta learn from from uh, hockey. The Florida Panthers, they did this for Keith Yandel. He was gonna get healthy yes. scratch for his Iron Man streak, and they said, absolutely not. Yans <laughs> is not getting scratched, <laughs> and that's what happened. So I don't know. Learn from your NHL brethren, I guess. Good for you, Merrill Kelly. I love those stories because baseball is so weird that you can have them. You can have guys that have played in Korea. Like their careers, their major oh, league baseball were, careers I just, I just were thought, over. I just thought you were just saying you love the idea of like the manager handshake aspect of it. Because could you? No. Ima- well, no. It's just, I don't love that. Imagine, imagine during the Leaf game if instead of Samsonov getting called over the bench, Sheldon Keefe had to walk out to the crease and have a conversation with him about it. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? And oh you see the goalie going, "No, goodness. I don't want to come out." And he's going, "What are you talking about? Get out of here! Give me yeah. your stick, or give me your, oh. give me the puck, whatever it is." That's all I, I can think of. I do love that part of baseball—the idea that yeah. you can you can see the actual argument. There's never we don't get that in any other no, sport. So there's never true. the there's never the slot receiver who's mm. sitting there going, "I should be in. I should be in." The coach going, "I mean, it happens." all the Sometimes, time i'm sure yeah. but we really are not privy to it the way we are in baseball i love how naked it is right in front of us i love how philly fans are are all the way back like they're they're still in a game seven they're still on the verge of making their second consecutive world series uh and craig kimbrell's been bad the last time the last two times out he gets an opportunity in a low leverage spot and he does not get the Mm-mm. trey turner thing where trey turner no. gets all the money and is 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 really underperforming and he just gets cheered louder and yeah, louder no. each and every no. at bat, spurring him on to an incredible second half of the season. Craig Kimbrell in a in a playoff game <laughs> in game six <laughs> gets booed stepping onto the mound. It's just it's good to know that Phillies fans are all the way back. Yeah, I I didn't like where this was headed. Of ah, they just love their team and their <laughs> rally around. Ew, ew. <laughs> Throw batteries at Santa just like they once did. That is yeah. exactly what you should be doing in Philly. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, you know, it's. I think I'm trying to remember who I heard talking about this, but it's like people. You just love when people are their kind of authentic self, their true version. And I felt like we were getting too warm and fuzzy in Philly. I don't agree. like that. No. Yeah. Little snot, little snarl, yeah. a lot of yelling. Do I think it's stupid to boo anybody like in a postseason series in which you have a chance to win and going in? Like Craig Kimbrell may factor into tonight's game. Shouldn't you want him to have you know a little, a little extra confidence, even if he hasn't performed well? <laughs> I, I just, would think so. I I'm not saying the booing helps. I don't I don't think it does. But do you? Like, do you think if they would have done the Trey Turner thing for Craig Kimbrell, he would have... What do you mean the proof? You just said it. The proof is in the pudding. Trey Turner's season was turned around. Okay, the proof is in that Trey Turner is really, really good at baseball. And not to say Craig Kimbrell isn't, but, you know, this isn't... Is a diminished version. Yeah, exactly. So do I think that Trey Turner turned into good because they cheered for him? No, Mm. I think he was probably going to be this guy anyways, whereas Craig Kimbrell, eh, a little more up in the air. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is good. I'm just like sick of talking about him, but God, can we have a game where he doesn't do something unbelievable? We did. We did. There were a couple of games earlier on nah. in the playoffs and everyone, <laughs> the, the <laughs> rushing to those games to say, see Dalton Varsho could have had a game like that. Yeah. yeah. Where he went over three. Yeah. I bet. I bet he could go over three with a walk. It's it's been offensive highlight of his life so often for Moreno and it's Kyle Schwarber but like that ball got away it was like ball bounced away from him like fifteen feet what a play he's sliding to his left like kind of a sidearm like on the money the to get Kyle of, Schwarber so he's doing it with the bat obviously 
you could, I feel like, already have a 45-second to minute 15 long cut of Gabby Moreno walking off the field after ending an inning, throwing somebody out looking super cool. Yeah. That's the other part of it, is that he's not just a great player. Clearly, he just has that it factor. There's something about him. And, yeah, easy to say when a guy's looking like this at this age in the postseason, but... We, yeah. we were wondering if it was a possibility long before we saw it. So. Yeah, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. It's great. had a home run in that game. Purple hair. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. Great. It's, really it's too fun, fun though. Fun you stuff. had to get him out of there. <laughs> it's way too, honestly, <laughs> who would want that? They could be in the World who Series, would, Brent. Who, like would the- want, who would want a guy who's having fun hitting homers in the postseason? Oh Yuck. Get he, it out of here. Yeah. The, 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 the Arizona Diamondbacks with Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. could be hoisting the commissioner's trophy over their head like in a week and a half. That, that could be a real thing. Uh, it's just a hunk of metal. Who cares? <laughs> All right. um, we'll get like a little more in-depth on, on Leafs after 7 o'clock. But, yeah, they got the Capitals today at 6 o'clock again. I, I Adjust your body clocks Okay, you know what? One guy, I'll get, I, will, I will give it to Rob in Newfoundland. That's a good time for them out there. So I know we got Leaf fans all over this great nation of ours. Yeah. So give it up for them, I guess. Yeah. I, but wow. Hey, just because... Think just, about the new... I, I can't say... I okay. The Newfoundland Land. term that okay. is shortened. Apparently that is disparaging to okay. people from Newfoundland. But the people from Newfoundland don't disparage them. I want to say it, but I, I won't. But I won't. <laughs> I'm just saying that just because someone else is happy doesn't mean I have to be happy for them. I am, but I still get to hold my internal angst and anger. So there you go. Okay. Leafs, 7 yeah. o'clock as I intended it and all yeah. we should be, but not okay. tonight, 6 right. o'clock. Yeah. You, you get it on Thursday. Um Actually, is Thursday against Dallas seven o'clock game? Might not be. Oh, oh God! If I go, if I go six to eight thirty start, <laughs> I am going to blow a gasket. I don't even want to look it up because I don't want to know right now. I need that. T- I need the the four minutes we're about to have here for mm. me to to cool. If that's the case, uh, this is. I mean, this is automatic Rasmus Sandin goal night. Uh, his first game against his former team, he's off to... Does he bounce one in off Timothy Lilligren? That would be oh. truly the... Because the, 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 that, that was the thing, right? They were so tied at the hip together, yeah. the two of them, their besties, and yeah. No, he's besties with William Nylander. The stars is, we, we never stars he- play at 8 o'clock, so it's better. Okay, not 8.30, but no. yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Not, yeah, so you don't get your 7 o'clock until Saturday, I assume. Oh, sure. I better, it better be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rasmus Sandin, first first game uh, against his, his former team. Um, hey, maybe the Leafs can start drafting like physical defensemen in the first round when they get these opportunities, like 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 guys that are six foot four, hulking. I mean, yeah, it, it's you probably need to be higher than in the twenties in well, the they, first round. They had their chance, and it's obviously like it's it's a terribly sad thing that happened. The Rodion Amarov draft, right? That was the last time they've had a pick remotely capable of having guys and you look at the picks that were taken right around him obviously Seth Jarvis just a couple ahead of him but uh Brendan Schneider with the Rangers that's a guy who's played in some some playoff games that's a big size size defenseman like there are guys you could have had in that spot I mean no one's gonna go back and say you should have done this but it goes back to Marner over Hannafin in in that spot and again obviously that was mm-hmm. the right call there but yeah. yeah when they have had their chances up high even even the William Nylander draft again they made the right selection there, mm-hmm. but there were definitely defensemen. I mean, Nick Ritchie was a big conversation point that mm-hmm. year. So when they've had their chances, it just hasn't been the way they've gone about it. I do wonder if things are different under true living, but you look at the guy they took, it's in the first round this year, it's Easton Cowan, a mm-hmm. bit of an undersized guy who <laughs> overperformed and there's, you know, returns seem to be good on, but that's not, 
the idea that it was Kyle Dubas and Kyle Dubas alone shackling the Leafs to all these five eleven defensemen. I'm I'm really curious to see Sue if it changes. Hounds yeah. as well. Well, definitely that that part of it. I think you you have to look at and go. Okay, I doubt that stays the same. There's no way they're that much of a, of an NHL factory up there. But I think that's the interesting thing is how much of that was him and how much of the people who believe that are still in the org because there wasn't a ton ton of turnover mm-hmm. outside of Dubas. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, fairly well, Rasmus Sandin. I mean, there was a moment there. Hey, that point streak after he, uh, after he got traded, felt he went on an absolute tear. Of, yes. He of was second, almost of a, secondary assist. I was going to say, and also the, yeah, that, that was a limited sample, uh, for a team that was, yeah, punting on the season at the end of the last year. This is a team like seemingly in rebuild that can't score. That seems like a nice spot for Joe Wall, honestly. I mean, I guess Alex Ovechkin's going to start hitting the score sheet, but you, you, you look at all the metrics, former Leafs assistant, Spencer Carberry, now the head coach there. Yeah, it's going to be money on the board. Oh yeah. It's going to be a revenge game for a couple couple of dudes. Um, yeah. And uh, this is Callie Yarncroft back on the top line, Tyler Bertuzzi with Tavares and Nylander. And then we're going to start the game with the Matthew Nyes, Max Domi centered by David Camp mm-hmm. line and uh, Fraser Minton again, watching from the press box. Again, we'll get back into this thing after, uh, after seven o'clock, but when we come back, uh, it is NBA opening day. <laughs> just the start just, of the NBA season. That's that, it. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I told off. you. I told you. I'm going to opening pull, day. I'm going to pull it up here. If you're going to call it opening day, you have to call it tip off. And mm-hmm. if you're going to say tip off, you have to go Joker, LeBron, mm-hmm. tip off. That's yeah. how you have to say it. And I know well, you're I'm not, not going to do, do that. that. Yeah. No. So just why don't you just say the NBA season starts tonight? Yeah. Would that be so hard? Can I be honest? Yes. I, I realize. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to want this. I. After our conversation, after I said it yesterday, and I, tr- I truly wholeheartedly believe that, yeah, we just call every season yeah, know, opener opening day. Baseball brain, yeah. It is like it is specifically baseball. Yeah, it does co- seem. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I tried to tell you that on the air yesterday. Uh, all our friends listening, and you just had to be stubborn and go, no, no, no. Everyone says I mean, opening day. Technically, it's opening day, though. Yeah, it's just a hunk of games. Who cares what we call it? All right. First day of the NBA season uh, tonight. We'll, we'll talk about the storylines we're most invested in. Uh, also, uh, the Niners, like. Uh, are they frauds? What's going on there? Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. boy, bloom off the rose in a big time way yesterday. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sports at 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Step five nine, the fan man and spring gunner. Uh, I feel like you want Brock Purdy to fail. Mm, that's my sense. Like I, I, I feel so. We're gonna talk to Peter King as we always do on a Tuesday at eight thirty. Who does not? Yeah, no, he's the opposite. Yeah, and I get it. Like Brock Purdy's Mister Irrelevant, and he's turned himself into the starting quarterback for an NFC contender, right? Like he's been great, and the the reason they failed in the postseason because he got hurt. Yep. But you want him to fail for I some reason. Why do you want him to fail? I disagree. I no, def- why? I mean, I took the Vikings to, or I took the 49ers to to cover and win yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ouch, 0 for 2. So, I definitely didn't want him to fail yesterday. I wouldn't say I want him to fail. There are definitely teams I want to fail in the NFL or players I want to fail far, far, far. 
far Who's number more. one on your power rankings? Oh, the Dolphins. The Eagles. Freud. The Eagles just handing them their lunch and old Mike <laughs> McDaniel having to get back in the vape lab there to, to figure it out. Oh, how that can is, you hate Mike McDaniel? I've I've told we've talked about this. I I I take Mike McDaniel like I start at a at a at a complete neutral uh-huh. at every interaction and then decide where I'm going to go and it really comes out 50 50. Half the time I go, ah, this guy's the best. How can I he not? The and then the other times I go, yeah, that's why. That's why leader of men. Best. That's why your your team looks like that. Yeah, that's so. I think Schadenfreude rankings, Dolphins failing is far, far, far and away number mm-hmm. one for me. Um, I don't enjoy it, but I think it's the most interesting to talk about is whatever's been going on with the Bills this year. But I don't enjoy it nearly as much as with the at all. But mm-hmm. the Dolphins are just so far and away number one for me. Oh, yeah, I forget the, the Pats fan. Yeah, but loosely, like it's like like. I'm sitting here, and I'd be lying if I didn't want Mac Jones to figure it out. And I definitely yelled some let's bleep and goes at the tail end of that Bills-Pats game. So Oof. it's still there, but it's not. I mean, come on. Like, I was, I'm not a, I'm not a Pats fan because my father bounced me on his knee and said, no. you should be a Pats fan. Because I'm a Pats a fan because I was, and yeah, they were I was good. 10, and Tom Brady came in and looked like a hunk and, and the snow game and the... Fumble and all that. Straight tuck rule. So I'm a normal person. So I'm rooting for the underdog, Brock Purdy, to succeed. But but he's... Like Tyson Bajan, Brock Purdy. I want to. I want to yeah, see Tyson Bajan. I want to guy meeting in the NFC Championship ew, okay, game. <laughs> I think the thing I feel about Brock Purdy is that, and I suppose you could say, well, why wouldn't you root for this kind of person? I don't think he's succeeding because of him. No. Well, okay. So that's, this is that's it. what it is. But okay, he's a perfectly cromulent quarterback, right? Like hmm. he's he's fine. I'm gonna have to and, Google that. I don't. Uh, yeah. I'm hungry. It sounds he like and, a dessert. Cromulent. No, he and Biggins, uh, the the smallest heart. Okay, he uh, he's fine. He does the job adequately well and and maybe more than adequately well acceptable or adequate there you go look at you it's not a, it's a simpsons term no. cromulent it, it, i have actually it, okay. no idea all right okay it's, i'm also learning that you don't know simpsons references not as well as you again I, it's like people people can hate things in the world that just can't hate them quite on my level yeah, so that's true there. um so brock purdy's fine and uh, you know a couple of games does not a career make but i think what is pretty obvious is that if you need a quarterback to win you a game late in the fourth quarter he's capable but you wouldn't bank on it not that you would bank on Kirk Cousins despite the fact that yeah, I know he had 11 you know one <laughs> score wins <laughs> but yesterday yeah I, he had I, two he had two picks that his receiver had to steal out of the hands of 49ers uh, uh defensive back scoreboard <laughs> passer rating of 107.2 35 of 45, 378 yards, a couple of touchdowns. All of a sudden, the Vikings are are back in it after three wins in the last four games. They're three and four this season, and all of a sudden, it's panic time in Detroit. Like, are the, are the Lions freaking out a little bit? Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously, the Bears uh, and the Packers are irrelevant yes. in that division. But yeah, if I was a Lions fan, I'd be uh, yeah, a little bit uh, a little bit nervous after what I've seen from the Vikings who almost also came up with a victory against the chiefs over that span as well. But, well, and what is that? What does this do to every team that's been sitting there talking about Kirk cousins, their yeah. pull glass in case of emergency quarterback, right? Yeah. And that, that was never going to happen. Cause he, 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 he guy loves his family, man. He lo- Who doesn't love their family? Not like that. Apparently. Let me tell you if, if, uh, if work called and was like, Hey, do you want to go win a super bowl <laughs> in another city for three months? 
uh, it, love you, honey, but yeah, yeah, might take you up on that. But I mean, conversely, it's like, do you want the pressure of going into That's a situation that's <laughs> only you that can fail because the whole team has been perfect? Yeah. You get paid either way. It's a right? great point. <laughs> you don't All get right, the move. You know what? I love my family just as much, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and by that, I mean the meat shield of my family. Yeah. Yeah, Brock Purdy's fine, but yeah, he's, he's not the guy. Like, he, no, he's never, he, I shouldn't say never, but when the chips are down, uh-huh. you need somebody to make a play. Here's what's going to happen is Debo Samuel or uh-huh. Christian McCaffrey is going to make a play. Uh-huh. And Brock Purdy is capable enough to put the ball in their hand. Mm-hmm. But it is not going to be Brock Purdy making a play to win your team the wow. game. And I will say, it, which is uh, fine. Uh, a lot of people have done that. Yeah. I mean, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo got that team, not just to a Super Bowl, but to a 10 point lead in the second half of yeah. a Super Bowl against yes. the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, I, I think he can do a perfectly fine Jimmy Garoppolo impression. Do you, it, 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 you're not, I don't often see Brock Purdy make that type of mistake though, twice in yeah. the fourth quarter with a couple of, uh, of picks. Anyways, the, I, the 49ers are going to be fine, I suppose, but yeah, this is the, the NFL is, is a very flattened talent pool. We all understand this now. There, like, there was maybe you could have fooled yourself into believing that there were a couple of teams that were above a head and shoulders above everybody else. And when they were undefeated, it was, I guess the Eagles and the Niners, but the Niners were winning in a more impressive fashion. Mm-hmm. The last two weeks have disavowed you of that, that notion. There's only one team and it's the Kansas city chiefs, right? Oh, I disagree. Who, who I it? think they, I think the Eagles are right there and I know they have stubbed their toe, but so have the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. And I think, think when the, I think Jalen hurts looks like dominant on a week to week basis, he it's that that team and that offense looks dominant. It is a slightly different version of the Purdy thing. Now I don't think Hertz is as much a creation of his system as Purdy is obviously, but you just look at the weapons he has available. I mean, you see the way they've been able to run the ball this year. You see what Hertz can do mm-hmm. him himself as a runner. And I think there's been a version of him that's kind of dialed things back this year to try to maybe preserve a better version of himself for late in the season. I'm not saying the Eagles are a, for sure, 100% better team than the Chiefs. But I just think if we're going to give the Chiefs the track record and the run, and I understand they have won, so it's fair to do that, I'm going to put the Eagles right there. There is nothing I've seen this year that doesn't make me believe that they are going to be right there, especially as the games only get harder and that style of Eagles football becomes kind of more more important. So that, that that's the only thing I'd quibble with. Can I alert you to... You boy. may. Oh, my god. I don't goodness. even know what it is, and I want to be alerted to it. The The upcoming schedule for the Eagles... Super fun. So not next week. They they got the commanders uh, in Washington. That's not not as fun. Uh, divisional matchup after that. Back to back divisional matchups. They got the Cowboys and then the bye and then they go at Arrowhead, home against the Bills, home against the Niners. Yeah. What a gauntlet. Like I think we're we're well, gonna have a pretty two good or three. Yeah. <laughs> Bills will figure it out. But yeah, it, it's a, it, that's gonna tell us a lot about Boy, uh, will. how Honestly. the NFC shakes out. All right. It is NBA tip off. Tonight. Don't and maybe say it. We won't no, get- I don't want you to say that either. <laughs> Just say it starts. It's Just the say it first starts. day of the NBA season. Raptors start their season tomorrow against the Timberwolves. By the way, we're going to have uh, Raptors general manager Bobby Marks on. Or t- why did I say Bobby Marks? Bobby Webster. More, have- more likely we're talking to Bobby Marks on a regular basis. Yes. But yeah, we're happy to talk to Bobby Webster. Yeah, we'll talk to Bobby Webster tomorrow uh, before the Raptors open up their season. But a uh, doubleheader of uh, NBA games tonight, starting with the defending champion, uh, Denver Nuggets against LeBron James and the Lakers. Just doing some thinking yesterday mm-hmm. about some of the storylines I'm most interested in. Um, 
you know what? Why don't you why don't you go first with the thing that you're most interested in this season? This is a weird one, but I'm I think it is the thing I'm most excited about because I think it's going to have a lot of twists and turns. Is the jockeying for roster spots for Team USA for the Olympics coming up? There have already been little moments where I mean, obviously Steph Curry is going to be on this team if he wants to, but where he. He had a verbal slip up where he was about to say, I talked to LeBron about it, but then he walked that back because he doesn't want it to see like LeBron is the ringleader of this yeah. whole thing. All of those dynamics surrounding it are so fascinating. The intermingling of NBA stars, always interesting. So that is honestly the kind of biggest overwhelming storyline I'm looking for. It has nothing to do with the league or how it's going to play out this year, yeah. but guys are going to have career or you know career-defining seasons this year because they want to be on that team, and I am dying to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, that's interesting, whether that actually impacts the, the decision-making process. Yeah, who knows, right? GM it might already LeBron. be, yeah. might already, and exactly, GM yeah. LeBron. Yeah, whoever's going to be on his next banana boat ride yeah i don't it's that that is that's something i hadn't thought about something i had thought about even before keith pompey at 508 this morning keith pompey waking up early getting get to the, the computer and tweeting out a story um my curiosity surrounding the philadelphia 76ers is at an all-time high mm-hmm. i mean one with the james harden thing obviously and yes. him being away from the team and how that is going to play out, and mm-hmm. is he eventually going to force his way, not just out of Philadelphia, because that seems clear. Like, he's never going to play another game for the Sixers, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether he can force his way to the Clippers, because that's where he wants to go. I don't know how many other suitors there are for James Harden who are willing to take on the risk of James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Clippers definitely fit that mold because they are desperate, desperate, desperate for another superstar to try and maximize this short window with whatever is left of Kawhi Leonard. But then, like, the secondary aspect yes. of the Sixers, which is what I'm talking about, Keith Pompey tweeting out, again, at 5.08 this morning, the New York Knicks are willing to offer a package that includes three key players with Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, and Mitchell Robinson all available in exchange for Joel Embiid, according to sources, a trio from that group would be paired with two or three first round picks. Joel Embiid loves Philly, but he could love it from a distance if the James Harden <laughs> saga ends poorly. So firstly, like obviously, yeah, the, the Knicks would trade that package for Joel Embiid. Obviously, everybody else would also give up a similar package for Joel Embiid. And also, obviously, this is a story that is being percolated by the New York uh, mm-hmm. Knicks. But you don't think everybody else, every all 29 other teams outside of Philadelphia aren't thinking the exact same thing with the way this James Harden thing is playing out. The, the lack of postseason success that Joel Embiid has had in Philadelphia. He's been a good soldier. He's finally got his MVP mm-hmm. award. It's it's not going to be Giannis, the, the guy that, that is moving on in the upcoming years, and we'll get to that. He signs a massive extension. It's Joel Embiid that can be the next kingmaker. Yeah, so it's funny because that story ties into two of my other ones. One of them is, is Joel Embiid the next superstar to want out? Uh, that is going to be an amazing trade for the 76ers when Nick Nurse turns Joel Embiid's knee into dust or mincemeat, whatever metaphor you would uh, you would, you would would prefer there because I really do think that that's going to happen. We've seen Nurse, he gets frustrated with everyone outside of his superstars and he just runs those guys into the ground. Embiid is a guy who's had trouble staying healthy. I'm very, very curious to see how that plays out. And the other storyline that ties into that is now the league will not sanction this, but I would like to, at the end of this season, create a new award for the most destructive great player. And it will go to 
Kyrie Irving or James Harden based on who is more destructive this season. Kyrie Irving is just physically incapable of it. He says he's going to play nice. Him and Luke are going to want to kill each other by the end of the season. And Kyrie won't because he'll say, I'm man of peace. He's going to be sage in the arena. And then Luke is going to punch him. I'm not unsurprised. See, teammate fight in Dallas this year. James Harden, it goes this way everywhere. So I am just dying to see which of those two can be the more great. And we can talk about it. Is it like win shares per destruction shares? However you want to go about that, that debate but that is the thing i have watching of who has the belt for the gr- the truly great and truly destructive player well james harden is is the poster boy and he's i don't when know he man. goes into the hall of i i know Kyrie Kyrie irving i i i know but at least Kyrie has a championship right like on this a lebron true. james God. team but he made the shot in I game seven i I cannot tell you how many times I have watched the last, it's like an unedited seven minute clip of just the last like three minutes of that game of yes. Kyrie and the oh block and LeBron almost has a dunk on Draymond. Uh, that, would, if, that if it landed, it'd be the greatest uh, highlight of all time. And God. then you thought like LeBron broke his spine. Yeah. Falling, oh, uh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's a pretty the greatest good game. game. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, Cubs and now guardians. Mm. That's the greatest game ever. Well, and the thing is, like, that series went seven games. The first six games were kind of blowout both ways. It it culminated in a spectacular game. But, yeah, so Kyrie, at least, like, the defenders can say, he's got a championship. He can play nice. He can be a playoff contributor. You know GM LeBron's coming to call, and if that thing blows up in Dallas, Harden, there's nothing, right? It's like, oh, yeah, the perennial postseason choker and the guy that (laughs) destroyed his franchises time and time again. That's why... It is. I I don't see a scenario where it's anybody but the Clippers. Not just because that's where he wants yeah. to go. They're the most desperate. They're the only team that's willing to put up with this because they got no other choice. Yeah, like that's, apparently that's the guy. Apparently the Rockets had some interest in their new coach. Squashed that pretty yeah, quickly. Apparently, well, which rightfully smartly. so. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, maybe we'll swing back. Yeah, around we know. We'll, we'll definitely because I have I have plenty more, and I'm I'm excited for hoops. Yeah, I, I'm always excited for the new shiny thing. I was dying for the NHL to get here, and now oh, basketball. Yeah, and maybe you'll actually get to see the players play because you know you got to play 65 <laughs> games to be eligible for rewards. Lakers, Nuggets, and uh, Suns, Warriors. Uh, no Draymond though, apparently for uh, for game one against Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. All right, when we come back. We'll swing back around to the Toronto Maple Leafs resuming action tonight in in, in less than 12 hours' time. <laughs> For <o'clock>. shame! <laughs> in Washington against the Capitals, uh, against Alex Ovechkin, who is looking for his first goal of the season. Um, things feel like they're a lot better in Leafland right now, but we'll try and nitpick some biggest concerns at this point in the season for the Maple Leafs uh, as they get set to face off against the Caps tonight. Fan Morning Show, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.